0: This is episode number fifty-two with the founders of Frank Body, Eric and Brie of the Founder Podcast. What you need is thirst. You need to be a thirsty human who is intent on learning. It's a really fascinating, fascinating exploration of human potential. Now. 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 now,
1: the Founder Podcast. Even the greatest entrepreneurs had help.
0: and so many more to teach crucial skills like negotiation, finance, e-commerce, and so much more. So if you'd like to get access to these free trainings with founders like this, which is 100% free, just go to founder.com forward slash free. Okay, so now let's talk about today's episode. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Founder Podcast. We're up to episode number 52 now, and uh Things are going pretty fast. Um, What's been happening in my world, I've just come back from a big one-month trip to the States, and it was absolutely amazing. My mind's been blown, thinking so much bigger, and the people that I met over there and the things that I did really, really made me think about the kind of business that I want to build with Founder. because here's the thing, right, guys? When I first started founding, I started while it was my full-time job, just as the magazine. And at first, it wasn't about, you know, how do I build this multi-million dollar media empire? It was like, how do I make enough money to leave my job? And then once I finally did make enough money to leave my job, then it's just like, okay, well, how can we build a million dollar business? But now after coming back from the States, it's like I'm not building a lifestyle business anymore. I'm building a serious startup and this is what I've decided to do. So really, really pumped to be back, super energized and uh, it was an amazing trip. So enough about me. Today's two guests are the founders of an Australian company based out of Melbourne called Frank Body and these guys are absolutely killing it. Brie and Erica share with us how they are on track to do 20 million in sales this year, and most of that traction is coming from Instagram, which is absolutely fascinating. So some of you guys might know that we're doing quite well on Instagram too, but nowhere near as well as these guys. And I really, really break down, you know, how they're doing it, and they share with us so much gold around their tips secrets and strategies on how to explode their instagram account and really really reap the rewards of this platform so that's it from me guys if you are enjoying these episodes please do take the time to leave us a review also if you are interested in learning what it takes to rapidly grow an instagram account get more traffic followers subscribe email subscribers leads and sales we've actually created a step-by-step course that has revealed how we're killing it on instagram like we're at close to 300k followers and we're recording this on the 1st of august and we've been on the instagram since november so you know it's exploded our business and we have a step-by-step course we actually created Called Instagram Domination. If you'd like to check that out, you can go to igdomination.com. All right, that's it from me. Let's jump into the show. So, can you guys tell me about Frank, how it started? You know, fast forward from now to back then. You know, take us back to the humble beginnings. Oh God, yes, it, it
2: feels like a long time ago, even though it's. In some ways i think people will say it's a bit of an overnight success mm-hmm. so frank's been around for two years but i guess the story for us dates back a little bit longer four years to when we started willow and blake which is the content agency that we run out of here in our office with frank so brie myself and also jess our other business partner in willow and blake we met while we were all studying at university Bree and i both studied journalism mm-hmm. and jess studied commerce Um, So we were all working the part-time job and had a love of writing and, I guess, just communicating with people and telling their story. So out of uni, we all got um, different jobs in editorial, in copywriting, and in PR. Mm -hmm. And we were there for about a year and a half to two years before we probably all got a bit of an itch to do our own thing. So that was where we sort of came up with this idea for Willow and Blake, which actually just started as a a website that profiled people and told their stories. So Ah. that was people who were our age, or they could have been people that we aspired to be like, or that we wanted to meet. And we would just approach them, sort of take them out for coffee or dinner, and chat and then tell their story and pair it with really awesome photography. So that website got um, a lot of traffic and was pretty popular. And from that, we got a lot of freelance writing requests. Gotcha. So then we decided to leave our jobs and turn that into, I guess, a copywriting or a content agency. And then that kept getting more sort of work. And so we started, I guess, with with small brands when we were reaching out to friends of ours or anyone that we sort of knew, friends of friends who had their own businesses. And we just wanted to write for people in any possible way. I guess our sort of style lent itself to social media. Um, We have a very conversational type of writing. It's very sort of short and punchy and concise. And we were always trying to, I guess, look to how we could connect with our friends or the people we met or customers in a more personalised way than what we felt like other businesses were doing. Yeah, and it was
1: kind of at that time when social media was just starting to really take off for businesses and for brands and a lot of people were using it in a way that didn't really resonate with us, it was very salesy, Um, whereas us social media was always about having conversations and yeah, just chatting to people and kind of building that personal relationship and so that kind of became a big part of our business. Quite quickly. Yeah. Um, I guess for us, it's really important for a brand to have a consistent tone of voice. So we like to work with brands on everything from their web copy to their packaging copy to any of their marketing collateral, which includes
2: social media yeah. for a lot of them because they were startups. Totally. So we sort of started with one or two businesses where we offered all of those services. And just kept getting more and more clients from different Mm -hmm. industries. It was very varied from fashion to hospitality to working in the IT (laughs) sector and property. Which was good for us because we could sort of mix it up and really change the way that we were writing and learn from one job and apply it to the other. Mm -hmm. So it was about, we were trading with Will and Blake for about two years before we sort of had that another, I guess, inkling on each to do our own thing yeah. because we were offering this service to so many other clients, but were sometimes a bit, I guess, restricted by their budgets or purely their fear of wanting to do something a bit risky or push themselves. Yeah, so for us, Frank was
1: a chance to do what we did for our clients every day, but to do it for ourselves yeah. and just do it, I guess, our way and not have yeah. anyone saying no, that's too risky or that's a crazy idea. We could just try things and if they didn't work, being like
0: we just like that gotcha so you have your own kind of little baby that's yeah. like a passion project so yeah. Frank just started as a passion project fair to say or it you was, thought it was, was going to be branding a
2: branding challenge yeah. Yeah. I kind of like to think, it, mm-hmm. think of it in that way we were spending so much time on social media and particularly Instagram yeah. um, for our other clients and we did notice this sort of little niche within the beauty and health and fitness yeah. industry that there were a lot of brands on there and that was probably the most sort of influential sort of market that people were really, really listening to was just the fact that on Instagram there were so many young female users and they were quite impressionable and I guess building an idea of themselves and who they were via the products that they were purchasing and the brands that they were engaging with.
1: Yeah. And so at the same time, my partner, he's also quite like the word but he's quite entrepreneurial <laughs> and he had these two ladies coming to one of his cafes he owns a bunch of cafes around town yeah um, and they asked him for the leftover coffee grounds, and they told him that it was a great treatment for cellulite and stretch marks and he told us that and we were like oh actually you know what after a bit of research we realized there was some merit to this fact and we could see the potential there was to market a product like this as Harry yeah. said, it appealed directly to our target market kind of tapping into that health and fitness and beauty
2: market that was
1: already booming on social media. Yes.
2: And for us, I think there were a lot of do-it-yourself recipes online for coffee scrubs, but nobody was actually packaging it up and then marketing it and using Instagram as that main channel. So it was sort of a a fun thing that we could give a a go, and if it made us a couple of hundred dollars (laughs) during the week on the side, that would be really nice. Exactly. So we had low expectations, but I guess we had an
1: idea that it was going to work and obviously it did a lot quicker than we expected which
0: was good and challenging. Gotcha so can you take us back you know how did you get your first 10,000 followers what did the first initial website look like you know how'd you come up with the concept like you know for the branding because this is what you guys have got down pat you know I think A lot of our listeners would really resonate with the early, early days and some strategies that you learned to really, I guess, leapfrog the business in in the early days.
1: Of course. So I guess for us, um, it all sort of began with the name and the tone of voice. So we were looking at this product and it was coffee, grains and oil, and it basically looked like dirt (laughs) in a brown bag. (laughs) Um, And so we were like, okay, we can't dress this up or we can't make it too fancy we just have to be really honest it was a simple product we wanted to be completely frank with what it did and so from there we're like okay to be frank ah. that's where the name came from gotcha and then from here the tone of voice kind of developed and this dirty character kind of evolved on social media no one was really using personified character
2: um, and it allowed us to talk I guess, it's more personal on a personal level with yeah. our audience and to and push it a little bit. Yep. I think that's what we felt was really missing, that all these beauty companies were speaking from this sort of higher level of we mm. think this or we think that. They're yeah. just not connecting with their customers at all and... Especially because we were probably aiming for that younger audience that maybe 16 to 18 year old girl Yes, we knew that they use social media so casually and just were talking to each other every day And in a very conversational manner that we wanted to talk in that same way to them Yeah, and so it's
1: simply by changing it from we as a business to I as the product. Yeah, give us that flexibility.
2: Yeah, And there was also that kind of little tongue-in-cheek for Mm. sex selling. Obviously, there were beautiful pictures of girls in bikinis and people like looking at that and, you know, we never hide that or Mm. ignore that that was part of, I guess, our initial strategy, which has since then evolved and it's really interesting because so many people since come to us at Willow and Blake and think that, perhaps pictures of babes is their social (laughs) media strategy (laughs) and yeah you know we can laugh it off and say sure give it a go um but there's so much more to it and obviously for us the the words are as important as the pictures and the two work really well together yeah exactly and that's what our thing is is basically getting everyone to figure out what their voice is for their product or their service and really owning it and something that they feel comfortable with, but that their customers will understand too. Yeah. And just something different, you know, Instagram these days is so crowded
0: and mm. everyone's
2: trying
1: to get people's attention. If you're just posting the same content or speaking just in the same way announced. that everyone else is, you're not going to stand out. I think yeah. when we first launched, it was quite different. Yeah. Um, and we've had to keep evolving because as soon as you do something different, everyone bit... else copies
2: you.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah, we keep evolving and mm-hmm. moving ahead. And so when we started, I guess, we knew that there were these influential people on social media that would be incredible brand ambassadors for us and that we would have to use them to leverage our brand and just the the time that it would take for them to spread the word about our brand was so small in comparison to how I guess traditionally any business would spend trying to get the word out about their brand. Um, it's changed so much since we started in those two years so When we first started approaching people, it was very much about that relationship building and sending product to people who we felt aligned with our brand and could take amazing imagery with our product. And they would generally probably post just purely for the sake of liking our product, wanting to review it, and establishing a relationship with us. Yes. Um, Now it's a little bit trickier in that I guess a lot of people are building careers out of being influencers on social media. So they come with a price.
0: Yeah, that's right. So generally
2: it's about negotiating that with them. It can be a very simple sort of business transaction in that this is what it costs for me to post. And for us it's just changing the way or the means of advertising so it's no longer that we take out a print ad in a magazine Mm. but we would focus on paying potential influencers who we feel are the right fit for us. And that takes a lot of work too because Mm. you need to sort of – instruct them on how to take a picture and what is right and what is wrong for your brand. And you do want them to love the product. And so actually getting them to try it and use it so that they become genuine ambassadors as opposed to just the sort of token cliche pictures of like product up here.
1: (laughs) But definitely, like in the initial initial stages, it was so important for us to have that ambassador, and still
2: is, to have that. That really helped us springboard the brand and get it out there. Yeah, for us, I think it was about trying to find that way that these brand ambassadors could show the product in use because without it being opened, it was just a brown coffee bag and mm. so people had no experience of what the product actually was. Mm. And we try to do that with all of our clients, I yes. guess, find that way that people can take photos of your product and actually demonstrate it in use because those peer recommendations or referrals, are they speak such, such so more entirely, yeah, yeah. than what you would just as a business.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, the other thing that's been really important for us is our customer-generated content. Yep. Yeah. So with every pack we send out, there's a little flyer that goes with it, and on that it says, we'd love to know what you think, and for you to share your feedback using the hashtag #FrankEffect." Yeah. Gotcha. And I think if you look on that, there's like 71,000, 81,000. Yeah. Wow. 000,
2: maybe that. Yeah, we, we just sometimes, like... Like a couple of hundred mm-hmm. uploads a day, mm-hmm. which is pretty amazing of just people yeah. using the product
0: and taking the time. To
2: social handles. And yeah, like, it's not easy. <laughs> you know I
0: mean? It's and not easy to okay. get attention. Literally, get people to take their time out of their day. To take this photo, go and upload it so they're really proud and Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. I mean, I think it just shows how much they do like the brand and want to be
2: involved yeah. in that community. Yeah. But and you have to fun. yeah, you have to make it fun for them and simple, like not too many barriers to entry. And yeah. I mean, we started taking those photos ourselves yeah. at first, trying to demonstrate <laughs> yeah. yeah, how you put do it. the box, not on your body, and then it slowly just ticked over. And so, you know, it's funny now talking to people and they ask. How did you get so many user-generated images? Yeah. How did you get to 10,000 followers? My first thing I kind of say is, well, you we have to start at zero and then you start at <laughs> 10 yeah. and then you might get to 50, 100 and it keeps growing. Mm. But everyone has these sort of unrealistic expectations that it's zero one day and tomorrow 10,000. Mm. Yeah. Like We launched with a pretty aggressive
1: social media strategy and we post pretty much every hour oh, yeah. um, Yep. in the beginning. And so we've since turned it back now and we post probably five to six a day, we
2: but still yeah, but, yeah we, but thats the thing. We have a lot of different, okay. like, different themes that we post across, and that's not necessarily relevant for every brand. I mean, at the start, it was fine because I think people wanted to see a babe every hour, yeah, exactly, yep. and the witty kind of commentary <laughs> that went with it. Um, but say if you had a different product you don't want to be I guess spamming people's feeds that often. Yeah exactly. It kinda of just depends if you've got something interesting to say. Mm-hmm. It's okay to post a lot. But if you're just mm. saying the same thing over and over, it's gonna get spammy. Yeah. And we use ourselves and then the people in our office as a gauge of that to be like, would I be interested in seeing this post? Would mm. I be bored of it? Would I think that ah, I think
0: so you do the it? self-test?
2: I think that's really important. Yeah, it's with our products and everything. It's would we find this funny mm especially when we, I guess, are posting so often, trying to come up with these captions, (laughs) you know, you can very easily get a bit lazy or feel like you have nothing to say and you have to stop for that second and, is this funny? Is this clever? Yeah, and we're
1: lucky because there's three of us who look after Instagram and so we can keep the content fresh and interesting and bounce off each other, which I think is really vital.
0: Mm. Awesome. So there's a lot I'd like to unpack there. First things first, first things yep. first, that's right, no, we've, got, we've got heaps to work with, so yeah. first things first, what advice would you give to anybody just starting out to want to develop a voice for their brand in general, then they can communicate it on social? Yeah,
2: yeah. I think it's important to start by looking at your competitors or the industry, so yeah. obviously locally, like mm-hmm. who you are competing with, selling, whether it's online or even in retail, I often like looking internationally too, just for the voice implications, like how other brands are talking. They might not be a competitor in terms of if they don't sell in the same um, location as you or country. But it's still just interesting to see how other people are branding themselves and the way that they're connecting with their customers. Yeah, basically so that you can do something better. Yeah, and yeah. not, cop- not copy them. Exactly. Gotcha. Um, So from there, I think you can really start kind of breaking down what it is that you think you're, it's different for your brand and, and what you care about and trying to, I guess, look at values or what's unique about your brand or product mm-hmm. and trying to own that for yourself. Like everyone can say, yeah. you know, we're friendly and that's sort of thing you'd hope that everyone you're is honest. friendly because <laughs> no one wants to have a brand that isn't. Yeah, exactly. Um, so really trying to find, I guess, values that are ownable and that you then can turn, say, into a social theme or into some kind of voice or characteristic. Yeah, and then we always look at the audience, yep. so we work out exactly who you're
1: talking to. And we get quite specific, you know, you might have this product, but you might have four different audiences. So it could be mums, it could be teenagers. You know. And we get quite specific on what they like, what they don't like, how they speak and kind of what themes are going to resonate with them. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. You know, the way you talk to a teenager is quite different to how you talk to your mum, yes. but it's finding out that balance and working out what's going to appeal to both of them but then yeah. also still be unique to your brand.
2: Yeah. yeah. It can be a bit tricky, and that's why I think we do spend a lot of time really figuring out who that target audience member is and yeah. who is going to be making the purchase decision at the end of the day. And once you sort of identified that, you just work through a lot of different ideas and how you could apply that to, say, your web copy or just a positioning statement or your elevator pitch to how you'd sell it to someone that you're having a conversation with. Mm-hmm. Um, and then throwing around what that that voice or that positioning statement means for social, so different um, like imagery and a certain I guess like colour palette to then your yeah. um, copy and how you would caption everything. I guess for us the aesthetics and the copy go hand in hand. So yep. they both need
1: to be really strong because you know, one's not going to match the other. It's not going to
2: work. Exactly. And I think that social media users are quite savvy these days and they just see through when a brand is being genuine or when it doesn't match up
0: and mm. they're very
2: harsh like they'll pull you apart on social media so being able to have I guess a strategy for any sort of crisis or whether people are thinking ahead as to what they'll ask and what they'll say about your posts or your mm. brand and being able to have a response for that yeah
0: gotcha so what I'm hearing is you guys have an overarching theme for your Instagram page, but not only just your Instagram page, but all of your social in general from copy and aesthetics as well. Now, I'm curious, what tools do you use? Because I know from our experience with Instagram, you can't really schedule. So do you, when you say you post every hour, do you post America time as well when we're sleeping or how does that work? What tools are you using? So for
1: Instagram, yeah, you have to post live and you can't schedule. Yeah. So we don't really pre plan our content. Mm-hmm. It's funny for our clients who sometimes do, but we prefer to work on the fly. I think. Yeah,
0: yeah see, that's how I do flexible. it too. Yeah, yeah. people think. Like they look at our page, I'm, we're the same as you guys. Yeah. We've got we post every two hours, and we post you know sometimes six to eight mm. times, sometimes ten times a day. And the more you post, I found, the faster you grow because mm. we're posting mainly quotes and stuff, so it has yeah. that viral effect and people share it. Mm. And people find that really overwhelming, and they're like, "Oh, how do you plan all that and yeah, stuff?" And yeah. I just do it on the fly. It is
2: interesting. interesting. There are so there are apps called like Latergram or Schedulegram yeah. where you can mm. upload it to a desktop. Mm. And it's sort of all saved as a post, but then you still have to manually go in at the time and post. Yeah, we so get a reminder us, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For us, it was easier that socials changing every day, and something that is cool today is old news exactly. tomorrow. So it was easier for us to be on like daily, seeing what's happening, and saying that's cool. No one's seen it before. Yeah. But we've had this idea and posting as we go. And we're lucky that there's the three of us so sort it's of split up a little bit. Yeah, and we have someone in America.
0: Who's oh, you got someone in America that's post, gotcha. Yeah,
1: manager, you can post for us while we're asleep.
0: Because
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. America is a really important market
0: for yeah. us. Yeah, same. We want to make yeah. sure we're
1: hitting that morning slot. There, yeah. was a,
2: there was a time when Steve set his alarm oh, at 4am each morning.
0: to Oh, work wow, work. that's Layout. dedicated. Yeah, yeah. very dedicated. <laughs> <laughs> it was <And> four years, <laughs> years of I just did the content <laughs> and then at
1: 4am he'd wake
0: up and post it. <laughs> oh, Wow. It okay.
1: a manageable, or like a, the word, <laughs> a long-term <laughs> <Yeah>, plan.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, gotcha. So when you, for the aesthetics, what are you creating the images in for Instagram or, you know, Facebook? And yeah. You've got your biggest presence on Instagram. Are you yeah. using Photoshop yeah. or yeah. tools, like, on, on your phone or what? Yeah.
2: The hardest thing probably for, I guess, brands that are starting up is that they don't have okay. potentially the content to mm. with. So for us, it was just inspirational content or things that we liked from Instagram mm-hmm. or just from various blogs that we were constantly looking at. I guess the most important thing now is crediting all sources because yeah. whilst it's, a I guess, a public platform where you can share this information, the owners of this content can get quite snarky if you're not tagging in. That makes all the sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for us, it's about putting the relevant sources of wherever we find inspirational content, yep. but then trying to create... Your own imagery, whether that's product shots and being really strict on the quality of the photos and what is in those photos. Quotes are a big thing for us, mm-hmm. I guess, yeah. because Instagram massive. feeds yeah. are filled with um, just visuals, <laughs> so it can be a bit cluttered, and the quotes actually stand out. Yeah. And you know, in the beginning, we were just mm. reposting other people's quotes, and then we made our own branded template in InDesign. Yep. Yeah. There are apps where you can do quotes like Overgram, but we sort of found that. They're just a bit, I guess, tacky for lack of a better word or, yeah. Yeah. or we just have a specific font that we like exactly. to use yeah.
0: across gotcha. all our
2: collateral.
1: So it's easy for yeah. us to put InDesign or easier. Yeah.
2: And it's just nice because it breaks up your page between inspirational content, product content and then mm. the quotes from the brand and, and just gives you gives you that chance to really push that tone of voice again.
1: Yeah. Which is
2: so quite different.
1: I <laughs> <laughs> um, also with our ambassadors or the people we send product to, we always send them posting guidelines.
0: Ah, gotcha. So that they know how we
1: want them to post, how we want the product positioned, how we copy want them positioned, to how we yeah. want the copy, so that we can repost that content and use it on our
0: page. Yeah, that's right. So that's a good thing when you get people to, with this user-generated content, that's so much content for you guys to post that you yeah. don't have to worry about.
1: Yeah. yeah, it's
2: wonderful. We can just look up the hashtag and
1: images,
2: yeah. But it's funny, like at one point, I think people were probably taking it a bit too far because I mean, yeah. you have to get naked to use it
0: in the shower. <laughs> yeah. There was just stuff that we didn't want to
2: see and <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't allow you to repost anyway. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, so you have to be careful, well, yeah. right? I
2: love I mean, yeah, cover everything. Yeah, we had our um, account deleted in the first two weeks. Oh, we wow. 10,000 followers. Yeah. Yep. So that was pretty hard.
0: How'd you I get it back?
2: Well, we had to start again. You can't yeah. get
0: it back. Oh, wow. Because yeah. I've had friends... Because I'm with you guys. Like, you have to do a lot of business development to know the influences in your niche. So we've done that heavily, and you know, I actually had some friends that that lost their account too, but they managed to get it back through contacts at Instagram. We've done,
2: yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because we had posted like here. yeah. We were completely in the wrong. Gotcha. Depending on yeah, what happens, you can kind of fight. But it's a hard slog, like getting in contact with the Instagram people. (sighs) Yeah. But it was, it was really good for us to have that happen
1: early on so that we could revise our strategy.
0: Yeah. At least yeah. it happened now, exactly. like then, but as opposed to now. Yeah. yeah.
1: Exactly. Yeah. We always can try to invest a bit of money into doing our own shoes. so gotcha. if you're a startup, I think it's worthwhile. Doesn't have to be a lot, but if you can invest that money into producing
2: your own content, I think it can be really valuable. Yeah, but I mean, we can take or we started taking stuff just on our iPhone Totally, it's amazing what you can set up yeah. Buy a white craft piece of paper to do yeah. flat lay shots, depending on what your product is. But more often, getting I guess people involved though, so yeah. you know, hustle your friends together to get them using whatever it is, or finding yeah. I guess putting the human element into your brand is really important.
0: Mm. Okay. And when it comes to the hashtag, do you recommend that everyone that starts their own Instagram account have their own individual personalized hashtag for their brand?
2: I think it's definitely good to consider, but again, it depends, depends on the product on Product or service. For us, yeah. it was always about trying to make the hashtag fit in with the caption or as if it was an extension of a conversation. So for us, we were yeah. lucky like people could say, let's be frank, I'm in love with this new coffee scrub. Or I just joined the Frank Effect. Mm. Things gotcha. like that where it doesn't seem too tacked on or forced. And yeah. it's pretty funny seeing some of the hashtags that um, companies come up with that are just so cliche or corny or don't make sense, or they're just trying to be cool and mm. or you know, finding something that's different than just your brand name as well. Um, yeah, exactly. And we were lucky because you know the Frank Effect didn't have any other ones everyone else
1: posting
0: on it. So mm. that. Yeah, that's right.
1: But then it does open you market
2: can't control
0: who posts on that yeah yeah i'm sure there's be a lot of people that try and spam that hashtag
2: it's not too bad but there definitely are some but i mean we're sort of against the spamming of hashtags anyway and we see so many brands say a fashion brand for instance and they hashtag outfit of the day, style, fashion, glamour, jeans, top.
0: Oh, you don't like doing that?
2: No, well, for us, it's, I mean, it's a really quick grab for likes, I guess. Yeah. A, we feel like it takes away from that aesthetic of the image or the look, because it really is just a push or a grab for likes. Mm. And B, your content so quickly will get lost amongst millions potentially of other images. So for us, it's about finding really branded hashtags, if you are going to have one.
0: Gotcha. And when it comes to working with influencers, you said that you guys just sent them product to begin with. Now, you know, people are building a career off Instagram. What sort of rates should people be looking at if they want to work with influencers depending on the size of their account and their influence and the engagement of their account? Can you give people an indication?
1: It's hard because I think it's such a new platform and such a Mm. new
2: concept that... There's no standard. Yeah, Yeah, there's no
0: standard. But what would you... All right, let's... What would you pay if you found an influencer that has about 200,000 followers, you know, fits in line with your brand, you know, yeah, yeah, decent okay. engagement, you know, at least yeah. 5,000 to 10,000 likes per image. What would you be prepared yeah. to pay and you send the product to?
2: Well, for us, I think the engagement of a person's account is so important. Mm. And a lot of our clients look at someone who's got a million followers <laughs> and think that they're amazing, but yeah. they might not have everybody actually commenting or liking yeah. those images. So. Yeah. It's really important to look at that, but also to know that I think the average is about a three to four percent engagement yep. for a brand, and five percent is actually quite amazing. Mm-hmm. But again, it varies. Like you could get lucky with one girl who has two hundred thousand followers, and she might say, "I'll do it for free," or she might say it's five hundred dollars for yeah. an Instagram post. Gotcha. Or uh, you know, there are people who've got two million followers who have sent us quotes for a hundred
0: thousand for- oh, dollars. Wow.
2: Yeah, and I mean, Jeez. that's like quite a well-known celebrity. Yeah. But then there's the Instagram celebrities and they're still within $20,000. So it, yeah, exactly. it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's Jeez. like we
1: paid $20,000 for Jen Selter. Yeah. And she's got, oh my God, I think
0: she's got $6 million. Wow. So you guys paid that?
1: Yeah. But wow. to be honest, we didn't get a return on
0: that. Really? How do, you, how do you track that return?
1: Um. So obviously we're lucky because we're the client. So we can see as soon as someone posts... Our sales will spike yep. in Shopify yep. or they won't spike depending on how effective gotcha. the post is and we can just track that over the hour or two hours after they post and see how it goes gotcha. and that's kind of how we look for the return. Obviously, there's a longer-term benefit in people going back. And, seeing and they
0: follow them. your account and then your longevity exactly. you play the long game. Yeah, yep.
1: but for us, we really do look for that initial
2: engagement and to see how it yeah. Converts into sales. And it's all if the influencer I guess is interested in the brand and the product mm. and actually seem like they're invested and like it and like yeah, exactly. it you. yeah. You're willing to pay more for it and then they'll you can see how much they care about it in the image that they actually provide, which is really interesting. Mm. But I'd say we would like do a lot of investment in influencers that are in that low kind of 100 marks, that seems reasonable for us. Yep. There's only, it's definitely a smaller amount of people that would be over a $1,000. You really oh, yeah. start thinking about yeah. that. Yeah. There are a lot of agencies now who yeah. represent influencers.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Um, and we found that can kind of, it's goes one way or the other. Like sometimes mm. they're helpful, sometimes it seems to just add more stress to the process. Yeah. Um, yeah sometimes they just get in the way and charge a management fee. Oh, I got gotcha. you. Not a lot. For a few emails in between. But, yeah. Yeah. Which is hard. But it's a constant searching thing, like we're always using either the explore tab or you find one influencer mm-hmm. and follow them and suggest more people to follow yep. that are yeah. in a similar vein.
0: Yeah, that's um, a good one. Yeah. yeah,
2: and most of them will have their email addresses and we have a specific way to approach them and talking them to them about the product and asking if they'd be interested in working together. We yeah. direct message people on Instagram as well if they don't have their email addresses. Yep. We're just constantly looking like yep. all the time. And you get so many no's or so many yeah. just No reply, replies. yeah, yeah. And exactly. That's fine though because yes. because you don't really know them. You're never going to see them exactly. again. Or it's just the way that another way of, I guess, advertising or exactly. approaching people.
1: And I think now that we've got a larger following as well, a lot of people want to work with us. Yeah, They're of course. Yeah. And we often do repost their content and that can help build their following.
0: Yeah, that's right. Then
1: get more work with other brands. Yeah. So it's all about give and take and working out ways that you can work together. We try to form ongoing relationships, as Ari said. So rather than just a one-off post, find people who like the brand and who want to do more posts. We do a lot of, we call them dirty talks. So yeah. blogs, and interviews <laughs> basically. Ah. With people of interest or people that our audience will find interesting. And just look at ways that we can yeah, form a long-term relationship.
0: Gotcha. And would you say that Majority of your attraction for the business comes off Instagram or other channels too? or
1: Yeah, definitely. Instagram's our most popular. We've been trying to focus a bit more of our attention on building up our other platforms. So yeah. we've, we've got Facebook, we've got Twitter, we've got Pinterest, yep. we've got Tumblr, and we're about to start our YouTube channel.
0: Ah, yep, gotcha. Um,
1: and yeah, I think it's really important to make sure you're giving all of them some attention and love, but for yeah. us, Instagram's been the
2: biggest success. Yeah. Or our strategy, I guess, was nailing one and then moving yeah. on to the other.
0: Yeah, no, that's really good. It's yep. a
2: really big yeah. task, trying <laughs> to take on all of them at once and you end up giving none of them the attention mm. that any deserve. Yeah. So Instagram was obviously kind of fun, really interesting for us to get on board and play with. And once we felt like that could look after itself or mm. we didn't have to think too much about what we were doing, we could focus all of our attention on Twitter and pushing that in the US because it's more used over there. And then Pinterest, the same sort of thing. But Mm. then understanding, I guess, that you use those different channels for different things. So um, we try to tailor our content for Facebook and then Twitter is all about the conversations and and really trying to differentiate what we were posting on each one.
1: Yeah, and obviously for us when we launched, Facebook had already interest advertising and the organic reach was so low that Mm. we knew unless we were going to put a decent amount of money into advertising, it wasn't going to get us a lot of return. Mm. Whereas because Instagram didn't have advertising at the time,
2: all of our posts got seen and
1: we could grow a lot quicker without spending that money.
2: Yeah. That's something we suggest to most um, startups too, is that unless they're willing to sponsor their ads on Facebook Mm. or posts, sorry.
0: It's really difficult. It's not
2: really worth it or they're just going to be, it's kind of wasted energy. So... Mm. I mean, a lot of our clients will sponsor each post as little as $5 just to sort of get them on the page and up in the algorithm. But otherwise, we just say if you're looking, if you don't have that budget, start on Instagram. You can make some really valuable connections there and reach quite a large audience.
0: Do you guys believe that you can use Instagram for any brand and any business, whether it be local or global?
2: Mm, Not Mm -hmm. necessarily, like... I find it's harder for service-based definitely yeah
0: especially like local as well like for me I found this really cool hairdresser called like Morris Motley or something Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and and, and I'm like they contacted me and like because I followed them and now I'm going to get a haircut from them on Friday and I found them through Instagram but a lot like they're just here locally in Melbourne they've got like 30,000 followers is it possible to do it for a local service-based business do you reckon it's best to spend your time there or what are your thoughts
2: no i think it's definitely definitely. worthwhile for some Mm -hmm. services like obviously cafes are a big yeah not everyone can access them but if you've got beautiful imagery or you can still reach the people that are around you it can work but for instance i would have a little bit of a a battle wondering whether say a doctor should have an instagram account and (laughs) these are people who have approached us and asked us and we just have to really? be quite honest with them and, yeah. and manage yeah. their expectations. So maybe for them, having 200 followers is amazing mm. and that's mm. what they should aim for, whereas, you know, they can't expect, I guess, to join Instagram and have the same result as Frank. And so mm. yeah. I guess if it, if you are going to be on social, just knowing why and what you're going to do on there because you don't need to be on every channel. Definitely not. Yeah, I don't
1: think for everyone it's the answer. Like I think a lot not, of people have kind of unrealistic expectations about Mm. social media, that they'll just start a page and suddenly everyone will follow them. Mm. It's it's all very well, I guess, to send out these messages into the digital world, but you're not guaranteed followers unless it's something people
2: want to hear. Exactly. Personal trainers are, I guess, another thing, and Mm. we've been talking to some people about
0: that. Yeah, they do well.
2: Yeah, and so some of them do really well because they're also... I guess being an inspiration to people, even if they can't train with them,
0: mm. they can learn from
2: them and especially with video content. But then another big thing for personal trainers is just I think peer to peer like talking to friends definitely. and word of mouth and if it's posters at parks or things like that that are still mm. worthwhile. So I guess it's understanding what the mix is for each brand or definitely. business.
1: But we love a challenge, you know, one of our favourite clients, Willow,
2: is Laser Away yes they're a laser hair removal um company uh-huh. in California they're yep. one of the biggest venues there and they came to ask and were like we would like some help with our social and I guess building a voice and you know on, at first glance we were like what can you say about tattoo removal yeah. hair removal and we we did a lot of research kind of into the industry and everyone was just posting horrible tattoo photo yeah. after horrible tattoo photo. Really bad before and afters. Uh. And no one had a voice, so for us it was really exciting and we were like, we can try and build this company mm. up to have their own, I guess, position. Yeah. Um, so we came up with this sort of voice and story for them and a, a visual direction and mm. we grew their sort of following from about 5,000 to over 20,000 in, I think, less than six months or something, yeah. mm. which is a great return for them and it's just, I guess, put them on the map as not just leaders in the service that they're offering, but using social media in an unconventional way.
1: Yeah, and we've also done stuff for property developers.
0: Ah, so yeah, local.
2: That mm. kind of thing. Like, yeah, quite a few
1: service based things now that I think about it, and events
0: and that kind of thing. Yeah. Gotcha. Question I no read an article that said you guys are on track to do 20 million in sales this year. Is that correct? That's yeah. great. Yeah. yeah. A bit, I
1: always <laughs> think you've been kinder financially. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: We'll roll with that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, first thing that goes through my mind is, you've got these two businesses. How do you work out mm-hmm. where to go? You know, where, where do it's you like fl- the willow like Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. right. I a lot.
2: It's just like us an ongoing juggling act. Yeah. 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 We can't divide the day up. Like it just no. doesn't work, and we're sort of pulled between both i like going. asking you to pick between your two babies.
1: Yeah, mm. like, pretty much. Obviously, we started Willow four years ago, and we're really proud of that, and we love it. And I don't yeah.
2: think we could ever give up one of them. We couldn't. We're lucky that we have two other copywriters at Willow, and brought on a studio mm. manager who's helped take a lot of the admin work off gotcha. us, and really been able to lead some yeah. of the projects. We're in the yeah. middle of, I guess, a brand evolution with Frank as well, and we're launching some new products, and we've got a whole brand sort of refresh or update. Which is really exciting, but that's taken a lot of our attention Mm. away from Willow at times and the deadlines for printing and and even just product sampling. Um, So getting those right and it's quite a lot of going back and forth and we've shot all this branded video content and they're big, big jobs to kind of undertake.
1: Yeah, but we really think that having Frank has helped Willow a lot just because it oh, gives yeah. us an opportunity to learn so much mm-hmm. and to learn from a client perspective and Tudor. to try different things and see what works. And so when we're talking to our clients, we, we kind of get where they're coming from because we, we know You've that done they're it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. we've got that other side of it. Mm-hmm. And I think we've got... 13 people working with us now for Frank.
2: Yeah. So we've got a lot of support around us, which yeah. is great. And a really good team. And the boys obviously head up all their e-commerce and their logistics. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, we just couldn't yeah. do both of that at all.
1: <laughs> yeah, you've got a is, good you know, team.
2: We yeah. and, and, and
1: we and just work really fast. Yeah. You know, I think, fast. <laughs> <Yeah>. I think <laughs> we're pretty efficient. I, I know some people who work nine till five. I, I know when we first started working for ourselves, like well, people just feel day. Mm.
2: So we really
0: make sure every minute counts. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Um, work towards wrapping up. Just any like key things that people need to be doing on Instagram today. You know, after watching this, what can they take away and go and implement in their business? Whether they're just about to start an Instagram account, or they're just wanting, or they just currently have one, but they're trying to get some traction. What are some big things? They can take away game changes for you guys, game changes for them.
2: Figure out what your voice is, like yeah. really Yeah, fast. We've got
0: that really damn pat.
2: And then how that voice translates into imagery. Yeah. So thinking about not just the single images when they come up on a feed, but when you're looking at a brand page and there's say the nine that you can see at once. Yep. Finding I guess a yeah, an aesthetic or a colour palette and something that works and mixing it up with quotes and specific lifestyle imagery and product imagery. So really, picking out maybe three to four content themes is what we like to call them. So, say for Frank, we obviously have our inspiration, inspirational pictures of beautiful girls. We have our product pictures, which might be a flat lay, or there might be people actually using it. Yeah. We have ingredient focuses, which talk about all the natural ingredients that we have in each product, and we have our quotes. And, and we user generated content. Yeah, and we're, we're constantly thinking of new things to put into that mix, and making sure that it's still interesting and engaging yeah um just make sure you're posting regularly and
1: consistently yeah. i think yeah, sometimes they get caught up and they're like oh i don't know what to post i don't want to post and then they don't post anything and um, posting at once yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah yeah and that's the worst thing you do posting
2: nothing is the worst thing make sure yeah. you post something and yeah. we, we think about the times that we're on the phone so generally yeah. it might be if you're on the way to work unfortunately in traffic <laughs> or on public transport on your lunch break and that sort of end of day when Mm. you're getting a bit bored at work or late at night before you go and go to bed so
0: they're the times you want to be hitting kind
2: of yeah yeah. and you just think about like when am i scrolling on my phone and through my feed and that's when you can really i think focus on grabbing people's attention Mm. and then also make sure you tell
1: people what your social handles are so put Um, them on your your website put them on your packaging put them on your flyers otherwise people Uh, don't know about you and it sounds silly but a lot of people make that mistake Yeah, like you'd literally be trying to find, like, I can't find your social handles anywhere. Like, they need to be on your website. Or even just tell them, you know, if you're a service-based industry, not in a pushy way, but like,
2: oh, hey, did you know I have Facebook? Did you know I have an Instagram account?
1: You should check it out,
2: that kind of thing. And that, like, for the hairdresser, they would, I guess, every time a client comes in, be like, let's take a pic, put it up on Instagram to like us. If you make it friendly and conversational, people are just like, yeah, sure, I'll do that. Yeah, exactly. I guess for us it's, yeah, Collaboration and networking is really important on mm. social, so when you see people whose brand you think aligns with you or influencers, not being scared to send them an email um, and ask them if there's any opportunity to work together, mm. and in saying that, being prepared to spend a little bit of money, mm. um, you know, yeah. we've learnt lessons where we realise that some haven't been as good as investment as others, but then some have really paid off, but just seeing it as more of an investment as an, as opposed to an expense is kind of a good idea. Yeah, competitions and collaborations have been really important for us as well. Uh,
0: competitions, yeah, you collaborations, yeah. You yep.
1: can collaborate with a brand who's not not in like in a similar field but not competitive.
0: It's yep. great.
1: Like even if you have both got five thousand followers or a thousand followers, yeah, you could still springboard off each other's
0: audience yeah cross promote
1: cross promote. Yeah, it's, it's good for everyone. And then, yeah, competitions, people love getting stuff for nothing. Yep. Mm-hmm. But make them creative. Like everyone's doing a repost comp and it gets too spammy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, tag a friend, comps are great. But just make it a bit interesting, make it a bit fun. Like it's mm. often, and make sure that the entry to, I'm oh, sorry, the barrier to entry is really low. Yep. Often the simplest competitions for us are the best. We yeah, this yeah. This one where we filled our bathtub downstairs with balms, You we probably saw it when you walked in. Yep. Mm. And we just said, guess how many balms there are in the bath. Yeah. And ah. the person who guesses first will win a year supply bump. I think we had, oh my god, like, I don't even know, over a thousand entries or yeah. something. It yeah, it was like nearly 5,000 entries. Wow. It's people guessing. People like to guess.
0: Mm. Mm, yeah, that's a good one. So, last question. You guys are killing it on Instagram. You know, the advertising network's coming. Are you, you? You must be a little bit concerned. The reliance on just one channel. What's next for you guys? You know, you said you're starting all these, focusing on other channels. What do you guys see as the mm. biggest next possible high growth channel? I know some of my friends are saying Snapchat. Get people to add them on Snapchat. That's going to be massive. I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Mm.
1: Yeah, well, we've kind of for us, Instagram's almost been like a ticking bomb since mm. we started. We knew that advertising
0: that's right was are
1: going to come. And so, first and foremost. Our strategy has been about directing people back to our website yep. and to our um, EDM database. Gotcha. Because obviously that's a platform that we can
2: control and once yep. we've got their emails, yeah. then it can't be taken away from us. And yep. EDMs can still be really powerful like, oh, in yeah. a really personalised way if you put the effort in and just make sure it's not too spammy. Our EDMs, again, are sort of broken into content themes. Where yeah. We will have a, a product section then we'll have a lifestyle section and sort of a benefit-driven section and trying to give as much back to our customers. We have a little selfie of the month pick that's in the EDM. EDM. Yeah. So I guess it just gives people a reason to keep engaging with the brand. and We, how you update, must, yeah. Yeah. we have a blog that we update weekly. Yep. So, you know, We're always trying to
1: put new content up there so that our page doesn't get stagnant. Yep. So there's something interesting. Yeah. Um and then as we said, yeah, YouTube is going to be a big focus for us this year. Yep.
0: YouTube, yeah. Um,
1: yeah,
2: and we have dipped our toes into the world of Snapchat. Mm-hmm.
0: Ah, yes.
2: It, it, I think there is a lot of potential there and it's yeah. just, you know, Instagram is so sort of there's so much effort goes into it and you know we harp on about how the page has to look good and mm. it's aesthetically pleasing, but Snapchat is a lot more raw and just sort of almost like a behind the scenes, yeah. And yeah. Candid view of people's lives. So I was trying to take some photos. Of it, is should You did that up there and like doesn't look, good yeah. doesn't look good. And the girls were like, it's fine, you can just add it. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting because for me personally, like I haven't seen many brands using it that well. Mm. And mm. I think it's very easy for Snapchat to look yeah, underdone or mm. very they, raw. Yeah, yeah. And, but in a bad way. So for us it is finding that you want balance to be polished. and experimenting and yeah, seeing so, what will work. It's just all learning and that's what social media is.
1: Kind of about so you yeah. know we can try snapchat and see if it works and hopefully people like what
2: we're putting up there but if they yeah. don't we can change it and that's what's great like obviously there are some barriers or things that you want to be sensitive to yeah. and careful of but people are pretty forgiving they're quite forgiving and it's that you will get people who will be having a debate or maybe trolling mm-hmm. through pages and we always encourage discussion and debate but as soon as it goes too far you know we know when to stop the conversation or report users or delete comments. But yeah, you can put an image up and it might not get traction and it's not about beating yourself up about it. It's just being like, cool, lesson learned, we won't post that again. Mm. Or that picture did really well, let's post more of that. So yeah, it's just a big learning kind of platform. Yeah, definitely. And even with the advertising coming onto Instagram,
1: I guess it doesn't really necessarily mean that platform's redundant. It just means we have to work out a different way to use it.
0: Yeah. And work
1: with them to give them what they want.
0: Okay, awesome. One last question. Like okay, are you able to share like how big your ED, like your email database is? Oh that's a
2: great uh, question. I think it's gone over about two hundred and ten thousand. Yeah. Oh wow. Which is pretty strong, yeah. yeah. And um but we'd love to keep building it, obviously. And mm. yeah, we it's funny as well, trying to figure out how often people want to receive EDMs. Yeah. Um as well. For us like geolocating
1: is they are different content to the American audience or yep, yep. uh, your peers?
0: Okay, awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. This is an awesome interview. Awesome. Thanks. Hey, guys. I hope you enjoyed this interview. As you might already know, our mission at Founder is to help tens of millions of people every single week with our content, either start or grow their business, which is exactly why we're partnering with world-class founders such as Damon John, Alexa Von Tobel, Greta Van Riel